Hello and welcome. Uh, as you may have joined us before, we hosted a, a chat on International Men's Day of 2020 in uh, last November. And this is a bit of a follow-up of that. It's something that we really want to do is just to start a conversation with men all over the country, all over the world, wherever people want to listen to us really, just to come and uh, to talk about some mental health hot topics that might be affecting men at the time. So uh, yeah, my name is Dan Warren Holland. I'm Head of Service of Portsmouth Support and Recovery at A Solar Mind, joined by three fantastic gentlemen to come and um, discuss today's issue today. So we'll just do a bit of introduction. So Dave, if you can introduce yourself, please. Yeah, hi everyone. Uh, my name's David and I joined Solar Mind as a peer trainer at the Recovery College. And quite recently I started a role as a individual placement and support employment specialist. Thank you, Dave. And Niall? Guys, um, I'm Niall. So I work for Talking Change in Portsmouth, which is a short-term uh, mental health NHS service. I um, work there about two and a half years now. I'm involved in assessing people who come through the service and also in various different parts of the support that we offer there as well. Niall, thank you very much. And Lachlan? Hi there, I'm Lachlan. I've recently joined uh, I talk the IAT service uh, for most of Hampshire, but not Portsmouth uh, or Southampton. Um, and I'm an outreach coordinator, so it's a brand new team, and we're looking at various issues affecting access and trying to extend the service to uh, maybe individuals who might not have found it so easy to access the service previously. Lovely stuff. Gentlemen, thank you so much. So yeah, today is the 30th of March when we're recording this. So as we all know, as the world knows that the world is starting to open up again after what has been a very peculiar year, let's say. It's one of them things, hopefully we don't have to live for a year like the last 12 months we've had again. Um, but of course, as the world does open up, that will kind of bring its own challenges for people. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So we're going to have a bit of discussion today um, about the end of lockdown and about being able to get back out into society, get back out into our communities. Um, and on one hand, that's fantastic. We're really, really looking forward to that. But just going to chat about the anxieties of that 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 might bring people that about the feeling of being back out into large groups of crowds again or being um or just being around other people because for a lot of us we've not really been around people a lot in the last year um and of course some people like myself are probably quite introverted and have and are looking forward to being allowed out to play again but being stuck at home hasn't been the end of the world for me to be honest um so it's more so i guess what we're going to chat about is just how we're going to support our communities and just share a few stories and just see how people are going to be able to cope and going back up the world again. Um, so yeah, so I guess the first question for everyone really is how do you feel about going back out into your communities um, after the, after being effectively grounded for the last year? Yeah, I must say a little bit uneasy. Um, I, I suppose one of the things is that we don't know how long this, this period of freedom might last. Um, you know, we've been in and out of lockdowns previously, and uh, there's a general apprehension, I think, about the future. Uh, talk about rising infections in Europe. You wonder if that's going to affect the UK at some point. So it, it's difficult to get really excited, I find. Yeah, do you know what? I think that's a really good point. I think it is that of I think it feels like we've been here before almost last yeah. summer. It felt like the world was going to open up again and we were able to go and start planning things. And then, of course, we went back into the 
the second and the third wave. I'm not even sure what wave we're on anymore, to be honest. I've lost count of the wave. Yes, I am a local Pompey boy. Counting is not my is not my strong point. I think it does feel like that way, doesn't it? Of almost that we've been in and out of lockdowns with different with different tier systems, with different um, sort of roles, different things we can and can't do. So mm. I think it is it's difficult to yeah. I think you're right to almost get excited about it to kind of feel like we've been here before. Take us back to last December around Christmas, where we were, where it was what three or four days before Christmas. It was decided that mixing households in England wasn't going to happen anymore, and this kind of thing. So I think it is that, yeah. I think there's a lot of worry about that as well, about how around what's going to happen and and how long this will last for. Is this the end? Is it we're halfway through, or yes, yeah. time will tell? But that does, like you say, that is going to bring up its own anxieties, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that there's a general sense of almost unreality about the whole of the past 12, 13 months. It's almost like I I won't quite believe it until I see it. I've somewhat rashly booked a holiday before realising a couple of days later that actually, was this a good idea? You know, am I going to lose money on this? And I think just, yeah, echoing what you guys have said, you know, I've gone ahead and I've thought, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. But actually, that could all come crashing down at any moment. And, you know, if the infection rates go up, it would be a good thing for that to happen you know there's no sense just opening things up for the sake of opening things up um but it is easy to get carried away i think on that like you said the peer pressure the kind of train of people who are saying we can do all of this stuff now you know the world's our oyster kind of thing again but it's very easy to put all of your hopes in that and have all of your kind of like as that happened at christmas you know all of these plans set on a particular date and for then two, three days before that date, for that to the goalpost to be moved a little bit, for things to be changed, and for that to suddenly have a really big impact on you. So I'm working hard to manage my own expectations. Generally, really looking forward to it. I think, you know, the sun's coming out a lot more now, and that's just generally kind of lifting my spirits a bit and making things feel more possible. Um, but likewise, I have found just going in supermarkets just puts me a little bit more on edge than it ever has before just being around a lot of people and generally being closer to people and just seeing groups of people it just makes me feel something I've not really felt before that generally wouldn't phase me before but it just a sense that something's not quite right because of how long I've been in my house by myself really um, so a bit bit strange but uh, generally feeling quite good I appreciate that thank you and Dave how about you mate yeah pretty similar to you guys really like I'm half kind of thinking it's a bit really excited to go and see kind of my friends and um, my sister and my little nephew and mum and dad but also because it's been such kind of a long time with living with the restriction we're quite creatures of habit really aren't we we get used to doing certain things in certain ways yeah like I wouldn't give it a second thought really to go to a gig for example or like you're saying go to football but then I think being around a lot of people now does bring anxieties which it probably didn't before also it's kind of this is going to I think stay with us for quite a while still going to be people like wearing masks still people who are vulnerable to the infections as well like my mum suffers a lot from physical health so I'm still kind of 
worried about her. Yeah, I think you're right. I think worried for other people, kind of worried about yourself. I think like you touched upon being out out in public among groups of people again. I know we touched on this a bit before we kind of hit the record button, but but yeah, personally, you know, I'm I'm a big football fan. I love taking my place um at Fratton Park most weekends where I can. And that is something that's really worrying me because I, I want to be able to go out and do these things again. But I know being shoulder to shoulder with 18,000 other um, like Pompey fans, it's something, it's something that worries me. Like the thought of being that enclosed in that kind of environment now, um, it does fill me with a bit of worry and a bit of anxiety. And I think that that's where, that's where we are. I think we're going to have a lot of people who are desperate to get back out again and they're going to be absolutely fine. And you know what? more power to them people. If you are able just to go and pick up where you left off this time a year ago, um, that's fantastic. But I really think there's going to be a lot of people that are worried, that are unsure about going back out to the real world again and are, and are struggling with the thought of just being in crowds or being in close proximity to other people for a little while. And I think that this is going to be something that's going to touch on, in all the work that we do, I think this is going to touch on that. Um, especially in the work that you do, Dave, not to put you on the spot, mate, but of course you work in employment support. So like, how do you think people will like, are going to cope with going back out to the office again? How are they going to be able to um, cope with that or talk to the manager about that if they are worried about it? I mean, what do you think? Yeah, it's going to be a difficult one. I've got a bit of a own personal kind of perspective on it because I was like doing my job um, in retail um, last year and then we got into lockdown I was off work for like four months when things started opening up again I mean in hindsight I probably did too quickly but I was back in the shop and then it was kind of like nothing had ever happened like there weren't really people socially distancing or like sanitizing their hands and things like that and it's just um I think a lot of people are going to feel very uneasy about going back to work and it's going to be a completely different environment and and also it's I suppose it's a difficult one for the colleagues and managers got to work together really to support everyone in their teams because um, some people, like you said, will be fine with going back, but other people, you know, who are particular anxious around health, anxiety, and COVID will, I think, struggle to be in a workplace, especially in a maybe a customer facing role when they don't know who the other people are. And yeah, I think that's going to be a consideration for definitely a lot of employers. You know, a lot of like the wellness kind of action plans and things like that, I think they're going to have to go through with each employee and then, you know, talk openly about their concerns and their worries. Because, I mean, it's, it's okay to feel vulnerable, whether you're a man or a woman, because mm-hmm. it's, it's quite normal, I think, especially in the situation we are. It's kind of the uncertainty, I think, around everything that's probably the hardest to deal with. You can't really make any plans or, like, I've, I've personally not even been to the office where I've started my job. So I'm nervous about kind of going there and meeting other people. And it's going to be different from if I started this job two years ago. Well, that's going to be the next thing I was going to ask you. I mean, you've kind of led me into that really nicely of that. Of course, when you come and join the team, your whole your whole solar mind experience is as being part of the team has been home based at the moment. So, of course, when you start a new role, you normally have that first day anxiety. Will people like me? Will they not? I mean, let's be honest with you, it could go either way sometimes. So let's just, uh, um, but like, what's that, what's that going to feel like when it comes to going back to work? How do you think that is going to, because it's all, is it going to feel like going back to square one, do you think, if you've started a new job in lockdown? Or is it going to be like easy just to kind of follow into, do you think? I don't know. 
yeah it's kind of a strange transition i suppose because obviously to other people did how you found it working from home in this role but i kind of say i haven't known any different because that's where i've started i've started all all the contact i've had with um clients all the contact i've had with other people have all been through zoom um mm. on the phone so it's definitely going to be interesting um you know to get in where we're based in St Mary's and actually meet people face to face eventually and also meeting um, the service users as well because I know a lot of them are very anxious about coming out mm -hmm. um, in public after the, these restrictions lift and some of them might still even prefer to you know work um, digitally like over Zoom so I think again I think it's opened quite a lot of doors as well like you know for the potential to work in different ways um, so Niall, as a clinician, what's your sense from what you're hearing from like the um, from people in our community about returning to work or returning back in the public? Is this something that's coming up a lot? Yeah, or is this something you think will come up in the future? It is coming up. It's definitely starting to come up more. Um, Christmas, it was a really big focus for a lot of people. You know, the or if I can just get to Christmas and I can just see my family, that's going to be a really great thing for me. And then, of course, when that was taken away. For some people that had a really big impact you know, that was quite difficult and I do slightly worry about the same thing happening again you know I'm, I'm really set on on this holiday and if they're going to turn around in April and say that you definitely can't go on holiday it's going to be this five thousand pound fine then if we put in too much kind of focus on that that's going to create a lot of difficulty um, but I'm definitely seeing people who are anxious about uh, things opening back up I think especially some of those younger people who are actually not due to get their vaccines until after everything starts to open back up again. So we don't have that extra kind of level of protection that some of the slightly older people might have or the slightly more vulnerable people and who, who will be pressured nonetheless to be doing a lot of these things by their friends. That's certainly something people are worried about. And I think as well, retail workers, like you say, that kind of sense that when things open back up, people are, are there gonna be people who aren't gonna be social distancing? Are there people who aren't gonna be hand sanitizing or aren't gonna be wearing masks? And is that gonna put me and my job in more risk? You know, being surrounded by lots and lots and lots of people. Um, I think something which which hasn't really come up, which is something that I think is, is quite an important one as well, especially in starting a new job and getting into a new workplace is actually mask wearing. You know, you go into a new, you go into a new role, you don't know anyone. And if everyone's wearing masks, that is just makes it that much harder, doesn't it? You can't recognize people. I know people in my job for years and I didn't quite recognize them when they had a mask on. It took them saying something for me to actually realize, oh, it's you. And I think that just adds another layer. Um, so yeah, I think it is gonna be very interesting. And I think another thing which is gonna be interesting is that move, like you said, there's a move towards more flexibility or offices off offering people to be able to work from home. But I wonder as well about whether some people might be forced to do that where offices are realizing actually we can save X amount of money by not having this office and we can ask 200, 500 people to work at home. And what's that going to do for these people? Because we've all gotten used to being in the house for a whole year and recognizing what we like and don't like about it. And again, there's that kind of expectation of I can get some of my normal life back. But is there going to be some people who are going to be told actually not really? you know, you're going to have to be doing this for a little bit longer. Um, so there's a whole lot of different things that can come out of this. And I hope, I really hope that the majority of it's positive for people, you know, getting to see people from the office you haven't seen before, getting that kind of environment back and really enjoying that. 
personally, as, as someone who's got an anxiety disorder, I've been through CBT therapy, I've had other things to understand anxiety. I personally struggle to recognize the difference between anxiety and excitement in myself sometimes, because they mm. both feel quite similar with that bit of adrenaline, with your heart rate increasing and that kind of thing. I, I sometimes get the two things a bit mixed up in my own mind, and I wonder if you see that kind of thing. But I'm um, Lachlan, yeah, um, like, are you kind, kind of sensing the same thing for the people you work with too? I've been taken aback by the extent to which different organisations have been moving forward and uh, contacting us and wanting to find ways to, to improve services and, and work with us. Um, recently in contact with the local rugby club, for example, and uh, uh, the gentleman there was saying he was really worried about some of the male members of, uh, of their rugby club talked about how rugby can be a really important outlet for their aggression and you know quite often that's a socially acceptable way for men to manage their emotions in a way that they, they can't so easily in other ways through maybe chatting over a zoom call or something like that um, so we started working with them to to develop a workshop uh, but but yeah it's obviously there's huge challenges around it but um I wonder if there might be kind of a silver lining around sort of the way that services respond and, and, and take seriously people's well-being needs. Because you, you could argue that the crisis, even more than unemployment, you could argue that this crisis is kind of reflected in people's well-being. Mm -hmm. I know we're in the early stages of the lockdown restrictions being eased, but when we do get to what August and onwards, when they um, could be no more restrictions, What's normal then? The handshake, the fist bump, the elbow tap, what is it all gonna do from there on? We've not really had this conversation yet and people's boundaries will be different over what they should and shouldn't do when they see their friends again. And, and of course, how we have the conversations with our peers and with our friends about actually are not comfortable with, yes, I know it's the first time we've seen each other in, in a year. I, I know it's the first time we've been to the pub and had a few drinks, but please don't hug me right now. You know, I, mean, I wonder how people are going to find to have them conversations with their friends and with their peer groups to say, look, you know, I'm glad to see you, but don't touch because that's not, because I don't feel comfortable to do that at the moment. And I think especially with a lot of men that that's going to be the struggle is is going to be is going to be how they tell their peers that they feel too vulnerable to do something like shake their hand or or like have too many beers and hug it out or something like that yeah how people are going to um get to navigate these social situations that is going to be something people are going to have to do and i wonder yeah it's like we need a whole nationwide debate about this where we can all get on a zoom call together all all few million of us and try to work out what the social norms would be from now on i do wonder whether young people and older people are just gonna you know take this opportunity to unwind but take it maybe a little bit too far i think certainly if you're someone who you know regularly goes to the pub and hasn't been drinking during lockdown it's going to be like having your first drink again effectively your body's not going to have that same tolerance and could go way too far for an awful lot of people whether it's you're 18 whether you're 28 whatever that might be and i think there's almost that not the expectation that will happen but the expectation that it will almost be like a party for a lot of people and yeah if you are anxious around shaking hands kind of high five and all of those kind of things uh, a lot of the way that someone might try and deal with anxiety would be to drown it out with alcohol so you kind of create that real cycle there of actually 
just just keeping that going and kind of adding more things to the to the mixing pot i guess but uh, I, I wonder as well if we might see more young people who just don't want to do that now if something's changed because you know we they've finished school and they they're kind of taking in all this news that actually the world is a lot more dangerous at the moment you know endless news reports about how many people have died which countries have had more people dying how ill people are from long COVID and you're taking all of this in and maybe that's going to make people not want to go into halls go to uni and and go and do things like traveling or you know the various things that people might do between school and, and starting a job and whether that might be you know a lot more people who just don't feel confident with that and potentially will lose out on things that could be very life-changing without kind of having that that kind of pressure to do so um, so yeah, I do. I do think it must have been very difficult, and especially for people younger than that, you know, school-aged children, as well. And that's not really the focus for today, but mm. I think it's it must be a very, very difficult year to have been kind of at those those kind of key ages. Of course, you don't know when you're a teenager, you have lots of first experiences, don't you? When you're yeah, yeah. 14, 15, 16, that's when you really start to work out who you are. And I wonder how people are coping with that change of how we had these experiences mm. I think like you say about people maybe overindulging um how about you David how do you feel about this kind of this time we're in where we do have a lot of young people who may be missing first at university missing the first experiences missing them them rites of passage that we all got to take as young people which have been um taken away this generation yeah yeah I think um <clears throat> obviously everyone's found it very difficult but I do feel like when you're young at that age like every even like a space of a year can be so different from things you do from like 16 to 70 you know and then so and and a lot of your kind of experiences that age can have a big effect to what you do like like whether someone wanted to go to university or carry on their education for example might have been affected by oh they're like oh there's no point in me doing that because the reason i want to go to uni half the reason is the social aspect and meet other people and live away from home but also i think I suppose it could be quite easy to for a lot of young people to feel quite resentful as well that, that that's been taken away from them through no fault of their own um i don't know if, if it was my say 18th birthday and i know i couldn't even never mind go to the pub i couldn't even see a friend um i'd i'd feel quite um deflated about that and i'd kind of and at that young age i probably would feel a bit resentful of the fact that that's been taken away from me i think the younger generation probably found it really tough um some might not because i don't know the whole tech generation i suppose but they might have been a bit more used to not saying everyone but like are they doing video calls and zoom calls and being a bit more comfortable with being home in and you've got a lot to do at home haven't you these days with you like whether computers or the same like gadget and gizmos but then again that's it in gizmos. It makes yourself sound like older than you are there, good gadget. That's what my dad calls what my phone's gadget and gizmos. Yeah. I, don't, I don't do any of them. <laughs> but I think, um, I think that could be a danger as well because if people have got so used to kind of saying, interacting with other people online and playing games, then they just might think that's the norm as well. And they've got so used to it that, that might, that's going to bring its own anxieties when they actually do need to go out and the I'd say real world, but you know, meet people face to face and for jobs and establish other relationships. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's definitely been tough for young people for, uh, yeah, for them reasons, really.
obviously a lot of mental health related to that as well isn't there I think if if you are somebody who is a little bit more anxious about going out and you're just saturated by images and videos of people out having a great time seemingly without a care in the world that's going to beat away at you quite probably you know even just seeing people in holiday in Dubai you know while we were you know I was kind of working endlessly in a very dark very dark and rainy English December there are people out in Dubai and you kind of see that and it's very hard not to feel like you're missing out and that actually kind of you know what am I doing when I could be out over there and um, so I think it is a really a really um, powerful thing social media and I think we're going to see a lot of difficulty come around it mm-hmm. I think yeah yeah I think you're right now. I think especially with, I mean, the way I know I'm I'm in my thirties now, so I might be seen as the older generation now. Who knows? But I kind of think that um, the way I see people speak to each other on social media would not be something you could do in mm-hmm. in, in real world in someone's face. And if people haven't, and do we? Is there much fear that actually people might regress and forget how to be around other people, and the impact that will have on all of our well-beings? If, if, if let's be honest, if society is a little bit ruder than it was a year ago, because people have only interacted through a screen, where you can, where look, look, we see it all the time, especially with what's going on in sport at the moment, with the, um, with all the issues around racism to footballers on Twitter and this kind of thing. Um, is there a worry that people will have forgotten how to be polite, respectable members of the public when we do go back out of the world? Because all they've done for the year is better tap out on their phone and call someone, whatever they want to call them on Twitter, and then there'll be no repercussions to that because it's just on their screen. You might get less, I don't know, empathetic and kind of essentially mm-hmm. less caring people because they haven't got that um, in-person contact, you know, and you can read the body language and, yeah, it could be a different way for some people of communicating. But also, I think the media have a huge part to play and they have done throughout this whole covid um pandemic you know are, there's so many kind of conflicts and stories and if you've read for people who do like read a lot and they believe what they read that can be very damaging i think during this time and i think even coming out as well i think the media have got a responsibility to play as well like to not just have these headlines sensationalized everything going yeah gal this is a great british summer um, you know, I mean, really, the rule of six and all that kind of stuff. I think they've got to have, essentially, they've got to be a responsibility to play as well. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of strong opinions, isn't there, about vaccinations, about the nature of COVID and whether it's a hoax, whether it's real. And there's a lot of people who've taken that really on board and are really quite vocal about that. And I do wonder, like you say, if you're suddenly going to find yourself having really heated debates with people when you're able to meet up again mm-hmm. because you suddenly realize you you've got a very different viewpoint people are you're right very very outspoken on social media and there's a lot of information that you're able to access on media on social media of varied um varied kind of reliability i think especially for like for men as well what is this going to well i guess it's more about everyone really um coming out of this lockdown we hope we can kind of reunite the nation if you go back to what was it a few years ago we had brexit then we had the general election after that and now and now now we had this pandemic and it feels like society is almost split into two in a lot of things either in this camp or the other and i think especially with social media it doesn't feel to be a gray area it seems to be you're either this or you're that you're left or you're right i don't want to make this about politics because that's because no one's hear that but i kind of think that that is and how is that going to 
impact, especially what we're talking about today, is men coming back out into the world, feeling that maybe they don't quite belong, that they're not mm. sure where they fit in society anymore because all they've seen for the last year is social media. I wonder how men are going to be able to almost come back together and reunite after what has been almost a decade of just division now we've had in this country and this pandemic because hasn't helped that division at all. It's, it's maybe heightened it if everything, like you say, with the vaccine and with some people not believing COVID even exists to people saying, yes, it definitely exists, get a vaccine. I just wonder how we're going to um, start to bring people back together after this. And hopefully, hopefully we can. I think it's taken a lot of work, but I just want to know what kind of you guys feel about that division and, and how we, especially we who work in mental health services, can almost try to help people somehow come back together after this i think mental health has definitely been brought to the forefront a lot more because mm. of the pandemic and there seems to be i don't know it's kind of a shift anyway isn't it in the definitely the last um, decade or so i remember from when i was early 20s but i think um it's a lot more talked about people coming out it's a lot more in the news i think generally i think it's encouraging it's really encouraging to see that from people speaking out and encouraging men to you know don't be ashamed and um, there's no there shouldn't be any stigma involved you know it's it's a strength to be open and seek help if you need it there's been a lot of kind of solidarity and the people have come together and there has been a lot of great like people have, you know the nhs amazing and all these other people have done set up different groups and i think um come back from this stronger like as as in just actually for caring for one another and actually feeling more able to talk and communicate um, our feelings and if we are struggling I think for a lot of people, it's it's made people more aware or, or focus more on what's important to them in life. And um, yeah, it's been a huge focus on the importance of health and health workers. And, um, you know, the, the, this idea of the kind of essential worker. Yeah. Again, I, I don't want to be too, too far towards politics. But mm. yeah, there's, there's, um, there's something around the kind of thinking about getting back to essentials. Uh, a lot of those people who were you know, more severely anxious, more severely depressed, who had struggled before lockdown and getting out and about amongst people, suddenly they were finding that their friends realised how hard it was to be in your house all the time. There was that, mm-hmm. that kind of shared experience almost. Uh, oh, you know, I hate being in my house all the time. You know, mm-hmm. suddenly realised this isn't, you haven't been doing this because you'd rather be here than spend time with me. It's actually just a really horrible place to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something which was really positive, which I hadn't really expected to come out of that and I think you're right that there has been a, a lot of focus on checking in with people you know and having zoom quizzes with your family or or having doing things with your friends and when you think about some of those zoom quizzes as well especially as men a lot of what men would do you know I'm sure what we all do is go to the pub and have a drink and you're at the pub and you're watching the football and you're chatting about football you're chatting about booze and whatever but actually if you're suddenly at home doing a quiz there's not as much of a kind of draw towards be getting drunk and, and kind of you might be having different chats especially mm. if you know that someone's having a tough time there might be a lot more kind of openness within those chats there and I think talking about the bad side of social media is also a really good side of social media and the amount of well wellness posts yeah. people are showing you know tips about how to stay well in lockdown how to stay connected in lockdown and just a lot more openness around mental health and the idea that it's okay not to be okay you know that kind of really famous tagline now which has been really great to see, you know, from our point of view. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I know we've only got a few minutes left now. So I just want to wrap up with something and ask you, gents, what's one bit of advice you give to someone who is struggling with the ease of lockdown restrictions? Um, I would say it's okay to be to be wary it's okay to be anxious about coming out i think something that's kind of thrown around a lot is that we should be really excited we should be really looking forward to this we should do all these really cool things but actually it's a really dangerous word to hold yourself up against should and i would say that it's okay to be wary about things it's okay to you know enter it at your own pace and go slowly um i would say avoidance completely avoiding something is always going to be making anxiety worse but making sure that you're pushing yourself at your own pace and small steps if that's what you need is all going to be doing you good and there's no need to rush yeah and also help is available you know we're biased because we're, we're silent mind and um you know, we've got a whole range of fantastic services so you can always make contact with us domestic violence charities like yellow door if, if that's uh, something you're affected by um thinking about iat self-refer you don't even need to see your doctor so that that might be iTalk, for Hampshire, might be Talk and Change, Portsmouth, uh, Steps to Wellbeing, Southampton. And, uh, but having said that, you can always go and see a GP. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. I think that's a huge thing. Like, just because other people might be going out and, you know, going 100 miles an hour doesn't mean that you have to, if it is making you feel very uneasy and uh, anxious. And also just try to communicate openly, you know, with your friends and family if you are having these uncertainties and worries and anxieties around that because often you find the old cliche as well like problem shares a problem half but it does do so much good to just be open and talk to people who you care about and care about you and I think um, you often find that they'll give some great advice as well and they're a lot more understanding than or possibly even going through exactly the same thing that you are and they're worried about it so just think open and communicate as well. And I think that's a really lovely message to leave on, Dave. So thank you so much. David, Nyla, Lachlan, thank you so much for taking time out. You're very busy schedules. Come and join us today. I think this has been a really, really helpful session. If you've been watching this at, um, at home on your tablet, on your phone, or like how you're watching it, please leave a like. Leave a comment. Tell us what you want us to talk about on here because we want to make this a very regular occurrence where we just talk about mental health specifically men's mental health and what's affecting us at the moment let us know below what you want us to talk about that'd be great um share it amongst your friends subscribe for the next one and yeah thank you so much for giving us your time today um so until next time from us four we'll see you later